Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for Hello, welcome to Set for Life. Today I have a guest with me. His name is Chase. Chase, it's so good to have you here today. Thanks for being with me. Thank you for having me. And um, we've got a um, a testimony to talk about today, Chase, uh, that um, you brought to me and you discussed with me that uh, I thought was phenomenal. And uh, Chase, instead of me trying to introduce everybody um, to you, how how's about you tell us about yourself? Who are you, Chase? Well, um I'm 41 years old. Okay. From Texas. That's a big plus. Yes. <laughs> I did I did leave for a little bit uh, in high school and college. I lived in Wisconsin for about 12 years. Moved back to Texas in 2010, and most of my family is in Texas. Okay. So you've been here, and uh, you know, uh, you've, uh, you found me on uh, YouTube, I believe. Yes, I did. I think you found me on YouTube through Set for Life, and mm-hmm. uh, then one day you walked in. Yeah. And so I'm like, wow, who's this guy? <laughs> so anyway, um, Chase, you've got a story about your past that you want to share with people. And uh, without me trying to mess it up, how's about let me just let you tell the story? Okay. Well, my testimony um, begins in in my youth. When I was um, from an early age, I struggled with same-sex attraction. And I can remember very clearly when I was in high school and I, I made a decision to give my life over to homosexuality. And a few years later, after that, I started using cannabis heavily and finding life without real purpose. I started looking into um, meditation and Eastern spiritual practices for the answers and seeing positive changes in my life was kind of an affirmation that I'm on the right path. By the time I got to my mid thirties, I had a lot of the things that I had been working for. I had a great job. I had a long-term relationship and, but there was still something missing my my life it, it didn't seem to have purpose i didn't really understand like why am i here why am i doing this you know i'm getting the things i want but nothing is fulfilling but these things were positive affirmations you called it so mm-hmm. it, it, in a sense it kind of had you believing that this was the right way to go yes but there was something missing yes okay yes by the time i'm in my mid 30s working that good job i'm find myself in a conversation with a couple of coworkers and they were talking about who would be able to go to heaven. And oh, wow. one of the coworkers, his name was Jay. He's a Christian. And the other one is Sam. And he had a uh, Muslim background. And Sam argued that those who had committed 
horrible sins would never be able to go to heaven. And uh, as I'm just witnessing this conversation, just something inside me was like, no, that's not true. You weren't even in the conversation. No, you were just listening. I was just listening because wow. one of them sit in front of me and one of them sat next to me. Okay. And so I'm just kind of going back and forth witnessing their conversation. And yeah. then I heard this and I knew it was wrong. I knew that that was wrong because when I was a child, I had been taught that Jesus died for everybody's sins. Okay. That anybody can be forgiven. Mm. And so I joined the conversation to defend that truth. You defended the truth that Jesus died for us. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. And I'm not a Christian at this point. Right. Um, but I knew a little bit about Christianity. And okay. I, I knew that much. Okay. And what happened after that is it, it, it opened up a dialogue between me and Jay. And the we, believer. The believer. Okay. Yeah. And we would have conversations about the Bible. And at one point, he shared his church's website with me where I could watch the sermons. At one point, though, he said that I couldn't go to his church, though. And he didn't say why, but I knew he was referring to my lifestyle. Okay. So what I ended up doing was I decided, okay, I'm just going to read the Bible. And that's a good decision. Yeah. This is the best yeah. decision I ever made. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I picked up a Bible and I started reading it. And I had heard that the best place to start reading the Bible for someone who's new to it is in, in the Gospels. I heard okay. that many places. But I wanted to read it from the beginning. And so I kind of made this compromise. I'm going to read one chapter, or I'm sorry, one book, Genesis. In the Old Testament, and then I'm going to read Matthew in the New Testament. And okay. I, I kind of went back and forth like this through the Old and the New Testament. Something, um, well, few things happened while I was reading that were very, very profound. The first thing to happen was I became very aware that what I was reading was true. How did that strike you like that? <sighs> It's difficult to put into words. Because a lot of people don't believe the Bible's true. How did you know it was true? Well, it, the only explanation that I can really give is uh, the Holy Spirit. Amen. I just knew it. I knew it in the deepest parts of me that what I was reading was true. That's so good. One morning I was driving to work and I was going through this large stack interchange and I was looking at all the cars that were driving in all different directions. And it just hit me that God had flooded the whole earth and that we were all related to Noah. And it just amazed me that this thing happened and most of us are just going about our business like it never even happened. And it just, that's something that really stuck with me about the truth of God's word and how easily we as humans kind of forget about it that we forgot that god had to judge the world mm -hmm. in regards to sin yes and, and we're acting like it never happened yes did that scare you a little bit that's, yes that's good yes the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom yes yes so that's what hit you there too that's what hit okay me there. nice and then the second thing that happened was i became very aware of my sin and my need for forgiveness and that was actually very difficult, coming to terms with who I am uh, as a person and the things that I've done. I spent most of my life uh, with an attitude like, well, I'm not really hurting anybody. 
you know, my life. Why would God yeah. send me to hell? You know, that, right. that kind of attitude. But it became very clear to me how awful my sin was. And I couldn't make excuses for it anymore. Right. And so this was, it was a very hard time to come to that realization. And then the third thing to happen was I met Jesus Christ in the Gospels and learned about his love for me, his desire to save me and give me eternal life through his death, burial, and resurrection. By God's grace, I got on my knees. I asked him to forgive me. Wow. And I believed he did. Yeah. And my life has never been the same since. That's amazing. Yes. You met Jesus, you said. Yes. And you know, a lot of people hear that and they're like, well, did he walk in the room? I mean, what does that mean, met Jesus? You know, because <laughs> people hear that and they go, dude, what are you talking about? Yeah. I, I mean, I know what you're saying. Yes. Because uh, I've met Jesus too. He's pretty cool. Yes, Me and he him is. hang out every day. Yes. <laughs> okay. So what, what would you have to say to that in your words that you met Jesus in the Gospels? So I can give you an example of when Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples and he was breaking the bread and preparing to share the wine and having grown up in church, even though I never got saved in church when I was a kid, I knew what was about to happen to him and it crushed me. It was so hard for me to keep reading because that he was about to be taken away yes, and crucified. Yes. Okay. And, you know, up until this point, I, I felt like, oh, I have the God of the universe as a friend. Right. And then this horrible thing is about to happen to him. Right. And it just crushed me. Yeah. Simultaneously, I knew that what I had done was played into that. Right. Oh, really? That yes. you contributed to why he had to be taken away. Yes. Mm-hmm. So at at this point, my understanding about salvation um, was very limited, but it was very clear to me that God had given me a choice to make. And the choice was to receive Jesus Christ and his forgiveness, and I would have eternal life, and my life would be forever changed by him. Or I could reject him and stay in my old life and ultimately end up condemned to hell. It seems like an easy choice, right? Yeah. It seems like it would be, you know, you know, I'd rather get a punch in the nose or 50 bucks. It's, you know, one seems obviously better. Right. Yeah. But it it really was one of the most difficult things that I've ever done, but I don't regret it. I would never go back to my old life. Same with me. Um, It was the best thing that ever could have happened to me. Amen. And there's, I guess what I want to people who kind of walked the same kind of walk that I did, I think a lot of them feel like they don't have any hope that, you know, if they can't live the life that they're living, then that there's, there's no better life. And so in a sense, I think that keeps them trapped. And so I I want to give uh, people in the LGBTQ community something better because it is better. Yes, it is. Why do you think they feel trapped? Do you think it's because um, I'm guessing that like what you experienced, like you can't come to my church. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's part of it? Do you think they have a a stereotype back at Christians? Okay, they they believe that 
the Christians have a stereotype at them. Mm-hmm. Stay away from us. Don't come in here. Yeah. Do you think they have a stereotype back saying oh, we're automatically not going to be welcome here? Well, and so I, that's part of their I, hopelessness. I think that's part of it. Part of it. Um, I think even probably greater than that is this idea. And I bought into it as well when I was in that lifestyle is that um, I'm born this way, like from birth. This is who I am. A lot of people in this lifestyle, if not most of them, uh, take on this as an identity. And so when you tell them, you know, this is wrong, uh, this is this is not what God designed. They see it as an attack on them as a person mm-hmm. and because they've adopted it as an identity. Right. And so what I would like to express is that our identity is not in what tempts us, but if we're saved, our identity is in Jesus Christ. I was just writing that in my notebook. Yeah. I wrote identity in Jesus. It's right here. I wrote it before you said it. So we're thinking on the same wavelength here. Yes. Very good. Yeah. The identity in Jesus. Friend, um, let, let, me, let me hop in here real quick uh, for those of you listening. Um, me and Chase uh, were talking about uh, his uh, past. I did not walk that same path in my life. I have a, a sin life, too. I have a past I will never go back to again, and there's a lot of similarities in here. I had no identity in Christ at the time. I was this guy, Mm -hmm. and that's what I wanted to do, and to leave it was very difficult. So I'm just I'm trying to relate Mm -hmm. to you just the same, is that I had to come to an identity in Christ that this who I am, because you you said there was something missing. Mm -hmm. You had the job, you had the stuff, but there was a giant gap in there somewhere. Despite the fact that this is my identity and this is who I am and this is what I want to do, you still got to do something about that gap. Yes. That gap is still there and it is undeniable. Mm -hmm. And Chase, it worked the same way with me. I was chasing money. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going to be Mr. Rich Man. I was a career dude. I was going to be the biggest guy in my field. And, you know, I never could grab it. I had some things that felt like positive, aspir- you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, positive um, aspirations or positive uh, affirmations. Affirmations. Yeah. Yes. Positive affirmations. Oh, I must be doing something right. But there's that big hole mm-hmm. in my life. What do I. And that big hole, that big gap in my life, ate me up. Yes, me too. It chewed me up. And, you know, I could argue with people up and down that I am doing my career. I'm doing this. This is who I am. And I had my identity, too. Mm -hmm. But you can't argue about that big gap. No, you can't. That gap is there. Mm -hmm. And it is a draw for the Lord God saying, come to me. It's Jesus saying, come to me. I'll fill that gap. Amen. And I fought it and I was angry about it. <laughs> yep. I was mad at God. How come I can't have this thing that I wanted mm-hmm. until I gave my life up to him and then he filled me and that made Amen. all the difference in the world. So I'm telling I'm friends, uh, those you hearing me out, I mean, you're hearing Chase, you're like, wow, what a story. I've got a similar same thing. We're all sinners, friends. We all have our bad past. We all have our decision that we have to make. Am I going to accept Jesus or not? And friends, I believe what Chase is trying to say is that for those of you hearing his story, and you can relate to this, but you're stuck with that big gap in your life. 
And you may be with, you may have your stereotype people that you don't want to hear from, or you've got your stereotype biases the way you see it. This is how I'm going to be. And maybe some political correctness put it there. Maybe culture put it there. But friends, none of those things that put it there, that this is my identity, that I should think like this. None of those things are helping you with that gap in your life. That's right. This is where you need a savior, friends. This is where you need a savior. Chase is saying he found his savior. He said he met Jesus, and you met him in the Bible. Yes. <laughs> yep. That's where he is. So let me ask you a question. Let me, let me tag off of that. Mm-hmm. You were probably heartbroken to hear, well, you can't come to my church. It stung a little. I bet it did. Yeah. I bet it did. But you didn't find him in church. No. <laughs> okay. I found him in his word. You found him in his word. Yeah. Friends, I... I've been rejected in my own way that, no, you can't come here. You're too this, you're too wild, you're too whatever. But I found the Lord the same way you did. I, was, I just decided one day, I'm just going to read the, the Bible for myself and find out. Amen. And I found the Lord. So friends, we're trying to tell you that, um, let's say a church said you can't come. And so you said that, forget it, forget all churches. Then mm. I'm going to just, just across the board, I'm done with them. Mm. Friends, let me tell you. I'm a pastor of a church, and on behalf of true believers, I want to apologize to you for those that have made you feel that way, for those that made you feel less, for those that made you feel rejected and said, you can't come just because of this. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. However, you do need to make a choice. Like Chase said, you've got to make a choice to accept or reject Jesus, but Jesus extends the offer for all of us. He extends the same amount of grace that he saved me with, that he saved Chase with, that he will save you with if you will accept him. And Chase, that's incredibly good news, isn't it? Yes, it is. And that's why you're here yes. talking about it, because you want people to know. I do. You want people to know this gospel, correct? Yes. Chase, what do you have to tell them? The the people that are hearing this and this is a sharp subject that gets people riled up. Yeah. I understand that. What do you have to say to them? What can you tell them that, I guess, in a sense, I don't have the ability to say because they're not going to listen to me. Yeah. I'm the Bible-thumping, southern redneck pastor. I'm probably fitting a stereotype that they've already blocked. Mm. What do you have to tell them about the gospel of Jesus Christ? What I would say is that Jesus, what he offers, is so much greater and so much beyond anything the world can offer. And to receive him, your life will be changed, but it won't be changed in a bad way. And you'll never regret it. And you'll have eternity to spend with him. And so I think what's key here is to not listen to the voice inside that's scared of losing your old life because it's nothing in comparison to what your life could be. To what he has ahead. Yes. Scripture says that no eye has seen, mm-hmm. no mind can even invent or imagine yes. the great things he has ahead of us in, in eternal life. Yes. Why would you not want that? Yes. It's incredible. And this life is just a vapor. Before you know it, it will be gone. You don't know how much time you have left. It's not something that you want to put off to get right with God. 
I would say if you're hearing this podcast right now, that is an uh, it is something of mercy that the Lord God has given you the time to hear this, mm. to hear this message. It is another opportunity for you to come to Jesus Christ. And so take him up on it. We're two guys trying to tell you about how wonderful it is to walk with Jesus. Amen. But the hard part mm-hmm. is repenting. Yes. It's turning around. And guys, Chase had to do it as much as I did. I had to leave my old life. Um, Chase came over here to the studio to be with me and uh, to do this recording. He had to leave his house mm. to come to the studio. He couldn't be in the studio without leaving home first. Friends, you can't come to Jesus unless you're willing to leave your old life. Now, I've done it. Mm. Chase has done it. But Chase, it's so hard to leave. It is hard to leave. But once you do it, it's amazing. And it only gets better. That gap, again, is what gets filled. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm asking y'all that, that are hearing us today, I want you to think about that gap that you know is there. You've tried everything you can come up with to fix it, and it hadn't fixed it yet. Jesus can. Mm. Chase, there's something that you'd told me before when we had talked about. You said you got into some uh, practices uh, with some teachings that were fascinating to you um, it, that channeled demons. Yes. And you said that you became demon-possessed yourself. I did. Can you explain what that means, demon-possessed? So when I was following this self-help teacher that channels demons, basically what if you follow through with everything that she's prescribing, what you end up doing is inviting demons into you. Going in, I didn't know that. I thought I was just moving beyond meditation and Eastern spiritual practices and just taking it to the next level. Was this part of your attempt to try to fill that gap yourself? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. So basically what you were trying to do on your own without Mm -hmm. the Lord was actually facilitating the problem to being worse. Yes. Okay. So. And it became much worse. Okay. It was terrifying, actually. They, there were literally demons inside me. I could feel them. There's this practice called opening your third eye, and I did that, and I could feel them inside my body tapping on my third eye. They would cause me to have bizarre thoughts, and they would, they would bring terrible images into my mind. They tried to get me to kill myself. It was very, very scary. Very scary. And at some point, I realized that these were, in fact, demons that I had invited them into me. And so I stopped doing what I was doing and went back to what I thought had worked before, which was, you know, meditation and Eastern spiritual practices. And I thought they were gone. I thought I was free of them. Um, But really all I had done was calmed them down so that they were kind of of a deception to thinking you beat them. Yes. Wow. Yes. They wanted me to think they were gone, but they made themselves very known when I started reading the Bible. Wow. That Bible riled them up. It riled them up big time. Wow. Yes. So what they were doing before, it was like full throttle now, as soon as I started reading the Bible. I mean, it was almost unbearable for me to read the Bible. To get you to give up. Yes. So that you would not come to knowing who Jesus is. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, you know, I want people to understand that this demon thing, that a lot of people hear this and they don't believe in it. Well, it's in the Bible. Jesus cast demons out. It says so in the text. And so I believe it's real. There's many stories about demon-possessed people in the Bible that Jesus had power over them. People think of this stuff, and they think of Hollywood. The the girl in the that was chained up to the bed, and her head spins around backwards, and she mm-hmm. talks funny. And so they're just, okay, it's a bunch of Hollywood fable stuff. Yeah. Chase, this is real. It is real. I've encountered it uh, in people before. Sometimes we attribute a different name to it mm-hmm. we call it some medical name and dismiss it for from what it really is i'm not saying all the time but uh it's it's very sneaky mm-hmm. isn't it yes now what really got to me is how they laid low to mm-hmm. make you think that they were gone yes but you read that bible mm-hmm. and there they were there they were full force so what did you what happened at this point uh <clears throat> I started praying. Good. <laughs> That's a good way to go. I wasn't I wasn't saved yet, but um despite that, I I prayed to God to help me to read the Bible. You prayed to help you read. Yes. What a prayer. Yes. Very interesting. So he helped you read the Bible. Yes. Yes, he helped me to um to get through what I was experiencing while I was reading it. He strengthened me. When I got saved, they were gone. Amazing. They're gone. They're gone. Because Jesus has authority over them. Yes. Friends, I want to read a Bible verse here. It's Hebrews 4, verse 12. It says, For the word of God is quick, it is powerful, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. When the Bible is read and you hear the word of God being sharper than a sword, that means it cuts in. Mm. It pierces its way down into the depths, down into that gap where nothing else could get in, where those demons play around with you. And, you know, when I tell people the gospel and I tell people about how they can be saved, I don't just say, you know, hey, believe in Jesus and you're good. I give them scripture Mm. because it cuts in. Yeah. You met Jesus by reading the Bible. Yes. You even prayed, Lord, help me read the Bible, yes. and it ticked the demons off something fierce. It did. Chase, for anybody listening right now, and they're saying, hey, this is me. Mm-hmm. I'm suffering like this. I don't know how to do it, and I want to I get into God's Word, but I don't know how, and I'm afraid I'm going to make things worse by getting into this Bible reading, and I'm afraid of making it worse. Chase, what did, what do you have to tell them? What, how can you encourage them to go on and go through with it? What are the, what can they expect, and how how is it going to play out? Well, I think the important thing to remember is that as scary as it may be, it might terrify you because the demons are so much more powerful than we are, but they're not more powerful than Jesus. Amen. And there you go. Jesus Jesus can get rid of them in an instant. So, in other words, they shouldn't be scared of what am I going to do about it. Yes. You should be trusting what is Jesus going to do about it. Yes. <laughs> and he does not want you to be demon-possessed. Exactly. He wants you to be Holy Spirit-possessed. Yes. Wow. Friends, if, okay, you're thinking this is me. Oh, my gosh, I got to do something about this. You're listening to what Chase is saying. It makes sense to you. I want to do it, but I'm afraid. Chase is saying, give it a go. Jesus has complete and total authority over this. He can deal with it. And it's not up to you. Chase, I think that's the most comforting thing about the whole gospel is it's not up to me. 
Right. Because if it was left up to me, I'd do nothing but make it worse. That's right. That's absolutely right. <laughs> like you tried to do things that made it better mm-hmm. and you made it worse. Yeah. It wasn't until you basically let it go mm-hmm. and said, Jesus, I can't do this anymore. You've got to take over. Yeah. That he came in and he made it happen. Mm-hmm. Chase, are you at peace now? Yes. Do they bother you anymore? No. Do you sleep at night? Yes. Friends, we're offering you the way. Jesus is the way. Now, uh, this Jesus Bible story stuff, I know you're thinking, okay, this is kid stuff. I'm not 12 years old anymore. Uh, you're you're just thinking we, we go to church and they tell this beautiful story about this Jesus guy. And it's, it sounds like kid stuff. Let me uh, Let me make it more adult. Let me make it more mature. Friends, all of us have sinned. We violated God's law. And we were all going to be condemned for it, including me, especially me. And we were in big, big trouble. And Satan loved having us in that position that we were going to be condemned because he had control over us. The demons love it because they're already going to go to hell. They, they just want us to go with them. But Jesus, the Lord God, does not want you to go there. He did not make hell for you and I. He made hell for Satan and his angels. We're not supposed to go there. God wants all to repent and come to salvation, but you cannot do it yourself. This is why Jesus died on the cross, because he had to come and fix what we could not fix. Our death penalty was produced when we violated God's law and sinned. We caused a death penalty. We were supposed to die. And so Jesus came and died on the cross and spilled his blood to take our death penalty for us so that our death penalty transfers up off of us and it goes to him on the cross so that he dies with it and buries it so that we don't have to die with it and be buried with it. And that's how we are set free. This is not about you doing anything. This is about Jesus did it all. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. It is all done. What you need to do is you need to turn your life over to Jesus Christ. I know you think your identity is in all these other things. I thought my identity was in these other things, too. I had to come to the point where I realized it's not fulfilling. There's too big a gap. This can't be right. Jesus will fill that gap. Jesus will fill that void and give you the peace that you do not have right now. And so, Chase, would you give people the gospel in your words? What what do they need to do? to hit that activation point where they can pass from death to life, what do they need to do? Well, um, Mark 1, 15 sets it out pretty simply. It says, uh, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So Jesus is calling us to repentance and faith. The gospel simply is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and, and what it means, what it was for, an atonement for sin. Uh, Atonement is covering for yes, sin, yes. Once and for all. Romans 10.13 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever. Whosoever. That's anybody. Anybody. It doesn't that's matter. You? That's me? Yes. It's the stereotypical people that you say, I don't like them? Mm-hmm. I've had those groups of people in my life, in my past. This is whosoever. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Uh, no exclusions. Anybody can be saved. The repentance and faith part? A way to think about that is um, I like to think about doing a 180. So if I'm faced to my right uh, towards my sin, 
and I'm embracing it, to repent would be to make a 180 and turn away from sin and turn to Christ. With repentance and faith, the Bible says that we'll be saved. I believe it, 100%. You know, um, I'm looking at Romans 10, verse 17. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Hmm. You said you met Jesus in the word of God. Yes. When you read that word of God, friends, you start getting faith. Hmm. Yes, you rile the demons up, but you also rile your faith up too. Right. And here comes that faith. And it doesn't take much faith to receive Jesus Christ, that he died, he died for you and I, he paid our penalty, and he was raised again, which means he beat death. He, he conquered all that void that is upon us, and he offers to give this to you for, for how much? How much does it cost? Is how much does salvation cost? Well, it says in the Bible that it's a gift. Which means it's free. Yes. <laughs> it means it's free. But you got to turn from your old life. And as a matter of fact, when you get saved, you're going to want to. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not concentrating on any particular lifestyle. You know, I had, a, I had a, a past of my own. I had to leave it too. And there is what's called a testimony. It's a one, two, three. It's who I used to be. It's how Jesus saved me and how I've been changed ever since. Friends, I want you to have that three part. You need to have that who I was how Jesus saved me and who I've, who I've been ever since. Do you have that three part? If you don't have it, you need to get saved by Jesus for real. So Chase, in conclusion, we've got people here that are listening and they're, they're thinking, oh my gosh, Chase, you nailed me, man. This is me. Mm. And I had no hope. Uh, everybody's told me you can't come to my church. You, friends, this podcast is for you. We're here talking to try to reach you. Chase, in conclusion to this, what do you want to say to these people? I would say that giving your life to Jesus is the best thing you could possibly do in your life. Um, Jesus delivered me from homosexuality. He delivered me from demons. He delivered me from sin and death. And he also gave me a purpose. You have that purpose now. I have that purpose now. You didn't have it before. That was part of your void. Yes, I have a purpose now, and it's to serve him. And one of the ways that I can serve him is telling others about what he did for me. And that is now your identity. Yes. In Jesus Christ. Amen. Your purpose. Yep. Chase, you know what? This has been a fantastic discussion, and uh, I want to nail it one more time Mm. for those people that are like, get me out of this, get me out of this. What do I need to do? Chase, can you lead them in prayer on how they can be saved right now where they're at? Absolutely. All right, let us pray. Father in heaven, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've fallen short of your glory. I know that I deserve help. I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that you would save me. I ask that you would give me the gift of eternal life. And I pray that you would lead me in my new life with you. And I pray for all this in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Chase, it's been a privilege having you here. Let's do this again sometime. Thanks for having me. And friends, if you want to be like this too, you want to be like me or Chase, you're like, I want that void filled. Just give your life to Jesus. Let me just put it in simple terms. We messed up. He came to save us. Give him your life. It's that easy. He did the work so that we don't have to. Just turn it over. There's so much peace and so much deliverance in the Lord Jesus. We're just here to explain to you what we have we enjoy it so much we want you to have it too (laughs) 
And so I want to close by saying, you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. You agree with that, Chase? Amen. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.